0: Um, so instead, what James asked us to do is to examine ourselves before the Lord to see if our words and our actions are in alignment. Mm. And um, and we also saw that where the Lord brought to our attention gaps between our faith and our actions, we need to focus on our faith or what we believe, which will then correct our actions. If we try to change what we do before um, correcting what we believe we'll be getting the cart before the horse. And I just realized we haven't read the scripture today. So um, uh, would, can someone someone read that out for us? Someone that can actually read it? Oh, I go for it, now.
1: <laughs> Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. We put bits into the mouth of horses to make them obey us, so we can turn the whole animal. We'll take ships as an example. Although they are so light and are driven by strong winds, they steer by a very small water wherever their pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great forests. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by small parts. The tongue also is a fire, a, word, a world of living evil against the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and it and is itself set on fire by hell.
0: Can you do that? (laughs) You're doing awesome, right? (laughs) Birds, reptiles
1: and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human can, no human being can tame the tongue. It is restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth Come, praise and cursing, my brothers and sisters, <coughs> this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water f- flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree be olives or a grape vine be a figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water.
0: Good oh boy. Can you do one more?
1: <laughs> Thirteen is wise and understanding among you. Let them show it by their good life, but by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. 14. But your hammer <laughs> with uh, envy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from keeping is first of all pure, then peace, loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere.
0: Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Wow, that's amazing, huh? Oh, nice. Yeah, I don't think I could read that. Thank you, Noah. That's very cool, bro. So, um, (laughs) the cat before the horse. Um, (laughs) I thought this was a really good picture because the horse really represents what we believe and until we get what we believe sorted out um we're facing the wrong way if we're trying to change what we do uh first and so yeah i thought that was quite a uh appropriate um image and i want to stress that the beliefs that we're talking about the horse as it were um it, it can be very deep and um I remember an example, a friend of mine uh, was adopted out, and as a result of that adoption, she believed that eventually everyone who said that they loved her would eventually abandon her, and so when she got married, um, this belief carried over into her marriage, and she deep down she believed that eventually her husband would, would eventually say, okay, I'm off, see you later. And so she put up emotional barriers between her and her husband and he could feel it. He could feel like, like she was treating him as a, like a, a stranger, a, you know, she was treating him politely and that, but there was an emotional barrier there and he was like, where did that come from? It, it, about two weeks into the marriage these walls went up and he was, he was trying to, what, what was this? What's going on? And it took years for him to figure it out. What was going on and then convinced her that he wasn't going anywhere and finally those walls came down mm-hmm. so it's that kind of those beliefs of rejection we, we're talking about real deep stuff and that that are very difficult to to actually uncover and change mm-hmm. so we're not talking about necessarily easy stuff here uh, in my own experience um yeah it, it took a long journey a long journey and uh, to constantly seeking the Lord for his revelation. So in today's reading, James goes on a big rant, doesn't he, about the tongue. A, a real big rant. And he uses um, really strong words. And I was wondering why this big rant about the tongue came after the, the passage on faith and actions. And Sarah helpfully pointed out that, you know, we talked about the, the thoughts, feelings and actions triangle. And how that your your thoughts lead on to your feelings and your feelings lead on to your actions. Well, what we say is often the first action that we take, right? Um, and, and so it's, it's, I think it's appropriate that James puts this passage about our, uh, what we say about the tongue uh, in this case. And Jesus said um, something similar in Matthew. The things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart. Right, so again, it's a, it's that starting off with the heart, what we believe, and the the what we believe in our heart creates feelings, and those feelings translate into actions, and sometimes those actions aren't good. And uh, James uses very dramatic language, and this is this is one of the ones that kind of leapt out at me. Corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. And it's kind of like, oh, that's that's isn't that a bit over the top, James? When, you, when you're thinking like that, if you've got the peace, yeah. that's the one that'll keep you on the right track. Yeah. And if you've got no peace, to me anyway, you've got to ask uh, no. the Lord to show you what's wrong. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You can't help but speak out a, a lack of peace if you haven't got peace in your heart, isn't it? So um, when we when, <laughs> when we look at a scripture like this, it's it's easy to think, well, isn't that a bit over the top? But I was thinking about it you think about some of the most painful things in your life if you look back upon your your life aren't they caused by what someone said to you yeah for me so some some of the most painful things in my life were caused by what someone said to me and as an example of what james is talking about here you can carry them all your life the, the effects of those words can can still be with us today and um i remember um I was going out with a girl who I thought I was in love with, and she told me that, um, that I had an unclean spirit on me, and I, I wasn't to come near her until I got rid of it. Holy spirit? Mate. An unclean spirit. And I, that took me years to get over, because mm-hmm. cause that trans. I was like, if I'm not allowed to go near her, how can I go near God, who's infinitely more holy than mm-hmm. she is? I got, I got myself in a real tangle about that, and the, praise God. Uh, the Lord's given me a woman who uh, doesn't interpret everything in the light of demonic activity and, uh, and who can see past my brokenness into my heart and Sarah loves my heart and that was, that's, um, you know it was, I'll never forget I told Sarah all of my brokenness and my past journey and she said thank you so much for telling me that I just, I just want, wants, to make, wants me to get to know you more and that's when my loneliness went away because I finally found someone who, who saw my heart Mm-hmm. And I'm praise God for for Sarah. So when we think about the context of words and the, and the the real damaging effect, and the good things, and the you know maybe some of the most wonderful things that happen in your life might have been words as well. You might have, a teacher might have praised you in front of the class, and you were like, "Oh, oh, that's amazing!" Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so So. Um, for those of us who struggle with what we say trying to control our mouths or our tongue as it were or for those of us who perhaps still carry around the pain of past words that were spoken to us what is does james have to say about that what what is what is he what is he saying to us about how we to to help us and james goes on to say that the way to learning how to control our tongues is involves wisdom Mm -hmm. And uh, I would also suggest that wisdom is also the solution to those of us who struggle with, who who want to be free of of the things that have been spoken over us in the past, that we still carry, that still cause us pain. And that led me on to to look at wisdom. And the uh, New Bible Dictionary says this, Wisdom is intensely practical, not theoretical. Basically, wisdom is the art of being successful, of forming the correct plan to gain the desired results its seat is the heart again what we believe right mm-hmm. the center of moral and intellectual decision mm-hmm. so that is what the heart is from a scriptural point of view mm-hmm. it's the the center of moral and intellectual decision and that makes sense right if you know something by heart it just comes out of you, you don't have to you don't have to read it mm-hmm. you, you just you know it it just it just pours out of you and um and i like the use of the word art here the art of being successful because an employ art is something you practice, right? It takes practice to learn. Um, so it's not going to be like this chock. Um, I don't know if you can see that, but the chock's holding a violin, and the chuck says, "I don't want to practice. I want to skip ahead to the part where I'm awesome." <laughs> yeah. But unfortunately, unfortunately, as we know, um, things, things like skills like that, it doesn't happen like that. <laughs> it takes practice. Now theologian Wayne Greedham says this about wisdom. God's wisdom means that God always chooses the best goals and the best means to those goals. This definition goes beyond the idea of God knowing all things and specifies that God's decisions about what he will do are always wise decisions. That is, they will always bring about the best results from God's ultimate perspective. And they will bring about those results through the best possible means. Um, and the Apostle Paul goes on to say... But to those whom God has called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. So if Christ is the wisdom of God, then it follows that the more of Jesus that we have, the more wisdom we will have. And still we're not going to be perfect. No, no, that's why we need grace. And James has already told us back in James chapter 1, that wisdom is a gift. So if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. It's gives, right? It's a gift. So rolling all these insights together, we might say wisdom is the gift from God of knowing the best way to act in any given situation to bring about the purposes of God, which will be for our ultimate benefit. Okay? So that, that's that's my paraphrasing of, of those... The, those um, Uh, passages so again how do we get this wisdom so James is clear that we ask God for wisdom and this means we have to admit that we don't have the wisdom to deal with certain situations this takes humility I mean if if you've done a 12 step course like Celebrate Recovery or AA or whatever the first step is to admit you've got a problem and the second step is you can't deal with it so this is where it comes from humility that take so so we need humility before we'll ask for wisdom <laughs> okay and that's what james is saying the humility that comes from wisdom but i think this is not just a general prayer for wisdom <clears throat> which I, in the past i've always thought about it. it's like a general prayer that we can ask god god, god for general wisdom which we can do but i think it's more than that i think we can ask god for wisdom specifically for each and every situation that we face and this will of course involve us remaining close to the lord on a moment-by-moment basis and being sensitive to his leading so we in real time if, if we are talking with someone if, if we're in the car someone cuts us off <laughs> we start to get really angry or whatever we can just call out to the lord say lord help me give me wisdom show me how to act in this situation. And that happens to me, well, I'm to do it first and then ask for God to forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> it keeps, <this> keeps happening. <laughs> oh, I think we'll pray for wisdom for you Bill. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a challenging thing isn't it? So it also involves us trusting that the Lord has our best interest at heart, and that's not something that's always easy to do, especially if we've gone through something pretty tough. Um, so before we say something especially when our feelings are strong can we pause count to three <laughs> while we're counting to three say so let's just uh, lift our hearts up to the lord and say lord um, can, am i about to say something that's going to be beneficial or is it, mm-hmm. is it is it what james talks about i'm going to set something on fire that i can't put out mm-hmm. and i found this <laughs> cool quote I've never heard of this guy Josh Billings but I thought it was pretty cool the best time for you to hold your tongue is the time you feel you must say something or bust <laughs> alright yeah. so sometime in this coming week I'm going to encourage you if you're in a situation and you just want to say something you want to let somebody have it just stop and don't say anything yeah. alright don't even think bad <laughs> well I don't, that, <laughs> I don't know if that's possible Bill but, um, but yeah ideally that, that's what would be good so um, yeah, if especially um, I guess for me, I, I the tone is not really something I, as my wife will tell you, that um, I'm an internal processor, so I listen and I and I have to churn it over inside before I say something Whereas Sarah's an external processor oh dear, she just talks talks, and I think oh that's what we've decided, oh no no it's changed is that what we've decided, oh that's what we've... and so it's one of the things that we're still getting used to in our relationship is the external versus internal processing so for myself um, the tongue uh, is not necessarily something I really struggle with but, um, but for I can understand that for those of us um, who do struggle with what we say This is a big ask. So just remember, Josh Billings, uh, if you're in a situation, just try. It's especially it's often when we're defending ourselves, right? You're in a situation, you feel like, but that's I want to say something, and it's just stop. Just allow allow yourself to stop, and just ask God for strength, not to say anything, just once, just once, okay. And for those of us who know that that we we still. Carry the pain of past words spoken over us. Have you considered that you might be giving power, something power over you, by believing words that are not true? Perhaps you could ask God for His truth about those words and the wisdom to know how to be free of them. So today, uh, we've covered the power of the tongue. We've seen that the tongue speaks of what the heart is full of, and therefore, if we want to change what our tongues are speaking, we need to change what our hearts are full of. And that's not an easy thing to do. And the key to doing this, according to James, is wisdom. And praise God that wisdom is a free gift that we can ask God for. And all we have to do is have the humility to admit that we need it. So this coming week, um, I'm asking you you and myself to all practice increasing our God-consciousness as we live our lives increasing our conscious contact with God on a moment-by-moment basis, and especially asking Him to give us wisdom when we're in situations that we're finding challenging, we don't know how to cope with. Okay? So, I'm just going to um, just pray for a, a little bit and open it up. And um, and then what we're going to do is to go into small groups, and uh, I've got a few questions for you. Maybe groups of three or four. Try and get into groups that you don't necessarily know everyone, and and spouses, if you can, kind of go into different groups. (laughs) Um. (laughs) So um, yeah, this is an awesome way to get to know each other on a on a deeper level. Okay, that's encouraging community amongst us so yeah let's just close in prayer and if you feel led to pray i'm just going to give you a few moments um to pray uh for us and um to pray with us lord we thank you that you are a good god and that you desire what is best for us. And what is best for us is to know you. And to be in relationship with you. To be reliant on you and how we live. And Lord we ask uh, both collectively and individually for your wisdom. Lord we ask that you would be, uh, increase in us our consciousness of you. Increase in us <coughs> our ability to ask you for help to rely on you as we go about our daily lives